Hi there, I'm Ravi. And I'm Mara. Thanks for joining us today on Torah Time. We love learning together, and we're excited to learn with you. Hey, Ima, who's your favorite pig in Star Wars? Oh, Ravi, I don't know. Who's yours? Ham Solo. Ravi, that joke has me snorting with laughter. Now, let's hear about B'nai Yisrael learning the laws about which animals are kosher in Parashat Shemini. Last week in Parashat Tzav, Aharon and his sons began their work as priests, bringing sacrifices. We learned about the ceremony to dedicate the Mishkan. Now, this week in Parashat Shemini, that ceremony continues. God tells Aharon to bring another korban, a sacrifice. But then, two of Aharon's sons, Nadav and Avihu, bring a korban that God did not command. God sends out a fire that kills them. Later, God gives Moshe and Aharon instructions about keeping kosher, a list of things that are kosher and not kosher, and things that could make someone not pure. We're going to hear the words of the Torah now. It's okay if you don't understand them all. Just close your eyes and listen. Unless you're cleaning your room because it's a pigsty, then keep your eyes open and don't step on any Legos. Ouch! Ready? We're at the very end of our parsha. Zot Torah ve'ha'ov ve'chol nefesh ha'chaya ha'romeset b'mayim u'lechol nefesh ha'shoretzet al ha'aretz Lehavdil, bein hatame uvein hatahor, uvein hachaya haneechelet, uvein hachaya asher lo teachel. This is the Torah, the teaching about animals, birds, and all living creatures that move in the water, and all creatures that swarm on the earth. In order to divide between what is tame, impure, and what is tahor, pure, and between animals that may be eaten and animals that may not be eaten. So, Ravi, what are you what are you wondering about when we look at these verses? Why does it talk about in order to divide what is tameh, impure, and what is tahor, pure, have to do with the Torah teaching about animals and birds and anything on the earth? Why does the Torah say, this part, and then goes on to this next part. Do they have anything to do with each other? Okay, good noticing. Let's think about how these two psukim are in, sort of like in conversation with each other. What are the kinds of things that could be put into these categories of tame and tahor, of impure and of pure? Does impure mean like dirty? That's a really good question. And it doesn't mean dirty or or unclean. It We're talking about in the sense of being ritually pure or clean. What do you mean by pure, like ritually? So sometimes there would be things that would happen. Either someone would come into contact with either a dead animal or uh, or a dead body, and that would make them impure for a certain amount of time before they could then become tahor, pure, to be able to do the next Ritual. Yeah, but couldn't you come stumbling along a dead cow every day? I guess you could. And in that case... Well, too bad for you. 
Just your good luck. Okay, so let's think about how we might divide animals. Swims in the water, crawls on land, and flies. So we could divide animals up by how they sort of live or function in the in the world, right? I'm thinking about the fact that our family keeps kosher and what that means when we think about animals. We space out between meat and dairy. So like if we had um, Shabbat dinner at 7 o'clock at night, we really wouldn't have a milkshake until like 11 o'clock. At which point you should really be asleep by then. Yeah, but it's milkshake. Who cares? <laughs> In the rules and the laws about keeping kosher, how does the Torah divide between kosher and non-kosher animals? Well, for land animals, they have split hooves and they chew their cud, like sheep and cows and goats, but not pigs. For water that swims in the water, they have to have fins and scales. So we already know that we divide animals in between these categories of things that can be kosher and things that are never kosher. So we're already making distinctions between between can't animals cows here. Cows be non-kosher depending on how you kill it. Exactly. Exactly. So, so anything could be non-kosher, but everything can't be kosher. That right, there are some things that are always non-kosher, right? Yeah. That can never ever be kosher. Like pig. Right. And there are some things that have to be slaughtered in a certain way and 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 then also prepared and eaten in a particular yeah, way. Yeah, because doesn't there have to be like this whole process of like soaking it and putting the salt in it? And yeah, it's a whole process just to eat cow. It is a whole process, right? But why? Like, can't they, like, does it take them like a week or can't they just do it in all of like 12 hours? Well, I don't know how long everything necessarily takes, but it's certainly, it's certainly a process. What do you think that, or what does that mean to you that something that is, that's such a long process that maybe otherwise doesn't necessarily have to be, but I don't know, what does that, what does that teach us? It teaches us that the Kohanim took their job and their responsibility for the preparing everything very seriously. Not only did the Kohanim that had a really big job uh, keep in mind what they had to do and take responsibility. But even us, the normal day people, um, take responsibility and choose our actions wisely. And we really like understand what it like, what God was telling us to do. Why do you think that we divide things? into categories. Like what's the what's the point of making divisions or dividing things? So it's things? like easier for you, kind of. Say more about that. What what makes something easier? So like I'll give an example. Like in math, if you're dividing it in odds and evens from 20 and it's just easier for you. So you don't have to like have that big list of numbers and being like can two to be divided by half and like thinking about it really hard but you're just able to like Separate it. Ah, so dividing things into categories sometimes helps us better understand things. And all easy, and it's easier for you to separate them into groups, and it's easier for you. So why else might it be important to make divisions or distinctions between groups of things? When somebody's sick. Okay. Because like, if somebody, since COVID is very um, contagious, you have to go into isolation. And so then you would... Like the people who have to go into isolation would go into the isolation. Everybody else, there would be two different groups and it's safer. 
okay, so we might want to divide things between healthy and not healthy to keep those who are healthy all the way healthy, right? And not infect that that group. Um, so we may make we may make divisions that way between. I mean, between people, people make people make groups about everything. Old, young. Yeah, why do you think why do you think people have such a tendency to make groups and divisions? I mean, maybe it's because it's the way they look at it. Like you have glasses, I don't, and people just look about it like that. But then somebody else could walk down the street and look at you and me walking down the street together and say, "Oh, one person has glasses, one doesn't. That means one of them has better eyesight." Instead of, oh, they're worse because they don't have glasses or they're better because they have glasses. Yeah, I think you're saying something really important here, which is that we all, just by the way something looks maybe or or sounds or our first sort of instinct about something might be to to group or to categorize things. But the piece that you're adding also is, but then what what judgment do we make about it or what assessment do we make about it? And we have to, I think we have to be really careful about that. If our tendency is to put things in groups so that maybe we can better understand them or because it's easy to group things that sort of seem like they are alike, then we have to be really careful about then what, what meaning we assign to it. So what do you think is the big idea here? What are, what What's a lesson that we can learn from thinking about categories and distinctions? And then what, is, what does any of this have to do with our Torah verses? I think maybe the main idea is just like to think about what you're doing. Because it doesn't matter if you're eating, if you're putting people into groups. Think about what you're doing because you might be wrong. I think we can take what we're learning about categories of kosher and non-kosher animals, about tameh and tahor, and we can apply those things to other parts of our lives. So if there's a big idea here of slowing down and noticing, then you can actually apply this kind of Torah learning to lots of different things in your life, starting with what you eat, but even more than that. Yeah. Ravi, learning with you today really made me think. And we can talk more about the Parsha with the rest of our family over Shabbat. What do you think we should ask everyone at our Shabbat table? When are times you slowed down to think more carefully about what you've been doing? Hmm, interesting. Thank you so much for being part of our Torah time. Join us next week for a double Parsha, Tazria Mitzorah. Until next Torah time. Torah time is produced by Hadar. Thank you to our amazing team, Hannah, Michal, Sam, and Effie. And you too, Ima. Thank you also to David Chabinsky for recording and editing this episode. We hope you'll keep the conversation going at home with Devash, our weekly Parsha magazine. Check out the Pshat HaPsukim section for more interactive content. To learn more about Hadar's Children and Families Division, discover more resources, and subscribe to Devash, visit hadar.org slash kids. Mm-hmm.